and welcome to tonight's episode of the Shooters Roll, podcast made by fans for the fans, and I'm Dee Swizzle. And joining me tonight to talk more of The Last Dance, I've got two of my boys from the hood. Chris, how you going? represent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's only represent. <laughs> and, and take that jumper off. Take that jumper off. <laughs> and I've got my boy, Jay, from last week. How's it going, Jay? What's up, guys? How's it going? You know, uh, I've been, I've been in, intrigued and enthralled by watching The Last Dance, the last couple of episodes that have been released on Netflix, uh, episodes three and four. Uh, lots happened. There's a lot to talk about, and we'll just mm. jump straight into it. Now, I'm just going to start off with the new boy here, Chris. What do you think? Yeah. Look, like like I told Dexter before, man, and uh, RJ. I mean, I'm a ball fan. Uh, I obviously love basketball forever, but I only just got onto the Last Dance recently, and I did a back-to-back three and four eps recently, and. Out of all the episodes, I'll be honest with you, man, Rodman one is really, really close to me. I, li- I like the Rodman one, for yeah. sure. For sure. For sure. I love his history. I love the grind. I love the fact that he's just how he is. And he, But he turns up. He turns up and he's reliable. When he comes to basketball, when he comes to the games, he's reliable. And, he, and, and his relationship with, um, with Phil Jackson, man, that's, that's the kind of relationship I like with, with my boys. You know, when I... When I used to coach as well for some uh, some kids, I used to coach uh, under 18-year-old uh, boys. And first year we didn't do well, but second year we won a championship, man. So you know, I can I can definitely relate for sure. I mean, th- these are all good experiences. I mean, I mean, this show it's bringing back you know childhood memories of what the golden era, the so-called gold golden era of basketball, which is 90s hoops. Um, thinking back mm. to when we were growing up, back back in the, the neighbourhood and, and, and our experiences and sharing those experiences. Um, yeah, I mean, Rodman's, Rodman's career, it's, it was, it's just amazing where, mm. you know, that intimacy of how, you know, he was homeless for a couple of years. Um, yeah. Um, and that discipline to stay away from the drugs, I think that was a, a big plus for him, you know, getting, getting mm. noticed by a scout to play college ball. And, mm. you know, mm. what inevitably turned out to be a, a long NBA career and a Hall of Fame induction. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, you, could, you could write a film, uh, a Hollywood film, um, based on his life. I mean, he had plenty of stars there and, uh, you know, mm. dating, we saw some of the, his, his partners and, and former mm. partners uh, on that show. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, we definitely did. I'm a lecturer. Carmen Electra from the 90s. Mate, she oh, hasn't oh. aged at all. Didn't look oh, like she it. She hasn't aged, but, you know, the, the quality of the makeup has changed. <laughs> I think that's speaking from experience, I think. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah. how, do you go how do you go back on mute, RJ? How do you go back on mute? <laughs> Shit. Jay, what do you think of the the episodes, uh, in particular three. Let, let's, let's start from the, the, the episode that featured Rodman prominently. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, as I stated from the previous podcast, I, I told you this was going to be very interesting. Um, I knew it, his life went from pretty much, think about it like a, like a printer. I went from grey scouts to very colourful all of a sudden. It's mm. like you knew that was coming, 
but it's just any, any matter of time. Uh, thanks to my dog. So, um, oh, I'm coming to lecture too. But again, it, it sort of um, confirmed pretty much what I knew before, uh, but the details are very juicy. So I was like, ooh, okay. Mm. And we'll, we'll get into that later, but it was really interesting and it, it was really fascinating. You, you, could mm. not, you couldn't script it. He, he wrote it himself and he just could not script this sort of uh, uh, storyline with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that was really good. What do you think of um, his, his attitude to needing a vacation? I thought, I thought that was a, a bit of a highlight for, for the show. <laughs> Having, oh, um, you know, being the dependable one. Mike's right-hand man when Scotty was, was, was injured mm. and, and mm. Jordan depending on him. And, and, and as soon as Scotty came back, mm. I need a break. I need a vacation. <laughs> what would you make of that? And, and what, the professionalism of it all? I mean, for my opinion... I think I think Rodman, in a way, yeah, he deserved a bit of a break, but he felt like he was carrying the team, right? When 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 Pippen was gone and Jordan was doing his thing, but from a defense rebound perspective, he felt like he needed to be there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have won those games. Mm. That's why he felt, from a physical standpoint, that he needed to get a break, and you know, I guess from his for, for his mental health. That's that's why he went to Vegas. <laughs> it's been crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll do the same thing. Though. Letting off steam mid yeah. mid, uh, mid three peat run. I mean, there's there's no one. You you couldn't think about anyone in the league now that could get away with that, right? Like, not at all. Uh, not at all. No way. Yeah, probably no one. It's, pro it's probably similar to when Dax was playing for Holy Family and he needed a vacation too. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but anyway, look. Oh my gosh. I love it. But, that, but you can say he invented load management. So he, yeah. he didn't know what he was stepping into. He, he, was, fulfill, mm. he was filling in Pippen's shoes and mm. he didn't know how much it would take out of him. So he took his role and took on Pippen's role. Mm. And he felt, really, he felt really important to the team. And he, was, mm. you know, he felt wanted. But then also you can tell, you know, it said that he sort of felt like he got put back to the third wheel. But he knew that. He knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Pippen was going to come back, and you knew you were going to go back to your seat. You can't stay there. That's not your seat. You know mm. what I mean? And that's not your role. You know? So he should have had it coming. Uh, but yeah, you can tell the party, man. Well, you have to get Jordan to go back to his uh, apartment to drag him out of bed. And you know what? Dennis, let's go. So yeah. and he, he really respected Jordan. He loved Jordan. He wanted to be a fight with him. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I love it when he just when he just rocked up and he was in his pajamas, you know. He's just like, "Let's go! I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to train. Let's go." But that, that's that's how it is, man. I think you know. I mean, the I feel Rodman, man. That's why I really like this episode. I mean, I don't know what what else we're gonna be seeing, but I think the fourth one was like more about Phil, right? Yeah, Phil Jackson. Yeah. But um, no, I really feel for the Dennis Rodman story, man. I love it, like. Jordan's always going to be Jordan. Pippen, you're always going to, you know, sort of hear about his story. And, yeah, you'll hear about um, Rodman's story. But it's good to see that side of it, bro, like in detail, you know? Uh, look, you, you touched base on it, Chris. I mean, the, it's a real testament about 
Jackson's ability to mm. play and manage. Um, very yeah. strong personalities on that team. Three notable ones in Pips, Jordan and, and Rodman. Um, mm. uh, hardly what's been portrayed so far is that, you know, they don't necessarily all fall into line quite quickly. Um, and it's just yeah. a testament to how much of a strong influence that Jackson had. And, um, I mean, we saw glimpses of it in episode four when, mm. um, you know, cutting, you know, doing different things and coaching us. Like they were doing the yoga, um, yeah. embodying the spirituality. I mean, these things. That was bad. Uh, mm. and, and, the, and the main point of it was to, to stay focused. Uh, I thought, you know, for players, um, especially in that time where, you know, I, I think these days we can, we can all be a little bit more, we, we're, we are, we are definitively mm. more open-minded about doing things, trying things yeah. and, and experiencing new things and not, you know, being afraid to do it, but doing it in mm. the 90s with a bunch mm. of, you know, um, battle-worn men. I mean, to have that mm. pull to, to say, come on, boys, mm. we're doing yoga today. I mean, mm. I mean that, mm. that would have been... And they were all doing it from the, the scenes we saw, the footage we saw. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's just well, the respect for Phil Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. 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 They really respected him. They would, you know, they would just do anything for him. Yeah. But with, with Jackson and Rodman, they're both eccentric to their own. Mm. And that's why they, they get along. And that's why he understood. Yeah, but, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I feel I heard he would, he would burn sage in, in the training room. And, and while he was doing it, it smelled like weed, but it's actually sage. So yeah. I've, I've never heard of a cat doing that at all. They practice uh, Zen Buddhism, yoga, along with the sage and, and whatnot, you know, with other mm. things. So he took his training and he took his approach to a different level. You know, yeah. so going back to the point, uh, Dax, you say yoga was cool. Did you do yoga before? <laughs> well, I'm of just course. Because oh, oh, I've never done yoga, so I wouldn't know. Mate, man, I'm doing it now. Oh, oh, mate, COVID, COVID's got me trying different things. Hey, man, yeah. I see your Facebook, I man. You're trying everything, bro. <laughs> RJ, you think you think Dex is sitting on a chair? He's not sitting on a chair, bro. He's hovering, bro. That's Dalsim, bro, right there. I'm telling you. That's what Deep I thought. Um, Dalsim swizzle, bro. Dalsim swizzle. That's what it is. <laughs> That's it. That's the swizz and the swizz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, boys. Let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the Pistons and and the Jordan rules. I mean, Man. how physical was it? I mean, that I love the Jordan rule. The physicality of yeah, let's, let's be fair. The Jordan rule should be the Jordan rule should be called the Rudy Hill rules, bro. That's man. Me and RJ know all about that, bro. Come on, man. Come on, Dex, man. I never did such a thing, man. That's crazy, man. I don't know if you ever got to play at um, Rudy Hill Leisure Center, Dex, but um, I, I invited him twice. Yeah, you I never came. Yeah, I've man. You... Early morning starts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what in the morning with Christian when he's not there. What time do you come? Dax, nah. Dax, you never you didn't turn up that time. You were hitting your pandasal eating at home, bro. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got me. You got me. You got yeah, me, no, we were always there. That was that was a while ago now. That was before the ankle turned turned uh, yeah, yeah. turned on me. But uh, you know, I'm just evolving now. Like like Jackson evolved from, you know, mm. a championship winning Knicks player. 
yeah. to yes. uh, yeah. an assistant coach. And I mean, things I didn't know about him. He he went to coach in Puerto Rico. I didn't I did not know that about yeah, him. Yeah, that was crazy. That was pretty good. Coached uh, in the lower divs in um, in America in Albany, and then made his mm. made his transition to you know the, being the assistant coach there in, in Chicago, and then learning mm. uh, learning the the triangle offense. I mean, it's it's just incredible that um, that his his transformation into player yeah. to coach, and and just that like some of the the pictures and the images that we saw in the show about yeah. how fiery he was and that, that scene in Puerto Rico where he's going off at, at the refs. Oh my God. Yeah. That was Yeah, that was mad. That was mad. You barely saw that when he was in NBA. He was quite cool. Once or twice oh, he cool. was yelling, but he didn't go off like that. I mean, yeah. he didn't yell, go off like that. But but remember Phil bro, like remember in Phil coaching in the in in Bulls but also in the Lakers. You can always tell who's Phil Jackson, right? You look at the whole bench, and then you see this massive twelve-foot seat that he's sitting on, and I'm like, why is he so big in the bench? Like he looks massive. You know what I mean? He's tall in general, and they give him like this twelve-foot seat. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? His back or something. That's why. Yeah. Is it really? Oh. I think okay. it's because of his back or spine. I just never thought that. I was like, that guy has the biggest seat in the whole bench. Why? Why is that? Like it's massive. I, I I look at the finer things. I look at the very. Oh, uh, mate! It's all about the details. That's the that's, that's the key right. thing, you know. And and mm. you know and with Phil, um, I think one of the the talking points I have here and for us to discuss is his um, adoption of the triangle offense and and the reaction yeah, that Jordan had to um, <laughs> to sharing the ball. Uh, and you know, because under Doug Collins, Jordan loved it. You know, he was the yeah. center. He was, he was the scoring champ. He he was the go-to mm-hmm. guy. And and uh, I, again, I, this is a testament to Phil and his ability to um, mm. to man, uh, you know manage the player and to, mm. to have Jordan buy in into sharing the ball. Yeah. Um, Jay, yeah. do you want to you want to start this off because I know this is tough for you because you know when I was on the court with you. Never passed the ball, bro. <laughs> oh wow! Can you put that on repeat and then loop it, repeat and then loop, repeat and loop, and then we're just gonna meme it the whole night. Well, I love that one. I love that. Someone one. had to. Someone had to carry Patrician Brothers for for points. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So and someone had to pass oh. the ball. So I have to fulfill my oh. role and you have to fulfill your role, Dex. And uh, by the way, Miss Burke told us that, that's our coach. She told us, "Shoot, I go okay." I'm just listening to the coach. But anyway, back to the point. Um, yeah. You can tell in hindsight, when, when he got first told that, he didn't like it. It was a, like, it was a shock thing for him to sort of, mm. whoa, share the ball. And then it's like, well, am I not doing a better job for it? But mm. you can tell when Phil approached him with it, it shocked him. But then he eventually got to understand why um, yeah. that would be. So once he started seeing results and he, mm. you know, he once was, and that's why I think he pushes teammates so much because he knew that, well, if you're not, the ball's not going to come in my hand, it's going to come in your hand, you better be dead set reliable. You know, mm. and if you're not reliable, and if you can't take my pressure, then maybe you need to leave. Maybe you need to play in the G League or maybe play for the New York Knicks. <sighs> so, um, rough, bro. Rough. <laughs> so that's what I think anyway. Um, but eventually he took it on, and you can tell six championships later, thank you. 
Yeah, so exactly. the philosophy, the philosophy that Phil adapted with Mike worked. So, and yeah, he's and made like... he's made bit players uh, household names, right? Uh, That's right. John Paxson making, making all say, those shots yeah. in in the '91 final um, yeah. in that last game. I mean, penetration, penetrate dish to Paxson couldn't mm. miss. Yeah, um, utilize his role players really well. Yeah. So you know, and I just I, I love the the what Phil said about you know when they won the championship and he and he took Mike aside and and he and he told Mike you know you did it the right way and I thought that was that that was mm. pretty incredible that you know he going from a player who was only known as a scoring champ to you know, an eventual NBA champion. I mean, it's getting over that first hurdle. I mean, he had they had to get over, the Bulls had to get over Detroit for a few seasons when Detroit punished them. And it was and you know, it's just the the changing of changing of the guard, really. Yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah. But no, it was amazing. And you know, in the second championship run, um, John Paxson's role filled by Steve Kerr. He's a, he's a household name now, and and for more reasons than his playing days, but also mm. um, his his coaching um, prowess with uh, G uh, Golden State Warriors there. So yeah, yeah. props to him. He I, gave I, all the he gave all those other players some, a platform to get to the next stage of their life. So yeah. he, he should they all should be thankful. Mm. I've got I've got one for you boys. Um, the triangle offense. Its shelf life ended. Um, I don't know if it could be revived anymore. Uh, it, it certainly didn't work when Phil tried to adopt it with the Knicks um, a few seasons back when he was um, uh, back uh, uh, in the Knicks organization. Why? Why do you think it's 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 just not um, a a key a key philosophy now, a key basketball offense now? Well, number one, Dex, I think it's because it's in New York, number one. Um, <laughs> I, I'll take that back. But anyway, I think uh, with, with the philosophy of the triangle, I think... Uh, oh? Can't hear you. I don't think it would really be adaptable for them. Mm. Um because within he had those players, he knew that they had uh, a good basketball IQ. I'm not saying that basketball players this is, don't have a good basketball IQ, but mm. I think with, with those players that he adapted with that triangle in Chicago, in LA, they knew and they, can, they were able to um, understand the philosophy and then apply it. I think with the modern day game, with the modern day game now, it's, it's, it's just popping threes. So, analytics. Yeah. Oh, it's analytics. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why now it wouldn't really be adaptable because now the NBA wants it to go that way. And if you apply like things like the triangle, oh, it's too technical. It doesn't attract people. That, that's what I think. That's what I miss, though. Additionally, to to add to that, that's what I miss. I miss the '90s rules. I miss those, you know, fundamentals. Yeah, the triangle. But to RJ's point, that's right. I mean, now centers will shoot threes. So you can't really play, you know, uh, the, the triangle uh, for every team. It's not going to work, both on offense and defense. 
So, um, yeah, because everyone's catering for, you know, what was back then, traditional centre um, positions, forward positions. Now, every, every position on, the, on, the, on their team can shoot threes or shoot from wherever. And they're all athletic. You know, back in the day, uh, you used to have Oliver Miller. You guys remember Oliver Miller? Yeah. Right? yeah. That guy was 300 kilos or something, man. And, but, you know, you ain't going to bloody put him on a triangle. You know, you put him in an oblong or something. You know, you're out of all players, you have to say. Out of all players, you have to say, Dax. You have to bring up Oliver Miller. <laughs> Sorry, man. What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? The O train or something, or the, the refrigerator or something? It was oh, something oh. like that. Oh, oh man, talk about your personal life. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I can't uh, remember. Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just, yeah, I, I do miss the triangle, but you know, you're never gonna see that again, man. In the modern game, I don't think so. Oh, look, I think in part though it's missing um, it's missing the the quick possessions um, that the yeah. game plays at at the moment and also you know taking long twos uh, are framed as the worst shot in mm-hmm. in the league now um, totally like agree. going to the hole and you're going for a drive or you're, you're shooting threes and that's that's the modern game. At the moment, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, like, with you, Chris, I'm I, I I do miss the the way things um, uh, the game was played in the '90s. But I think it's just the evolve, you know, the game evolving into having players who are more athletes. You couldn't, uh, I mean, name name a big a heavy set guy now that um, uh, mm. is playing. I mean, everyone's fit and lean and and incredibly mm. athletic now, not just taking up space, you know, in the paint. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just, a, I think, the testament that nothing ever stands still in life. Mm. I mean... It's an uh, evolution. Yeah. 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 I mean, even, the, even in these days, in, in the COVID-19 restrictions, uh, I mean, whilst it may appear that, you know, the world's standing still, there's... People are changing and adapting, and I think that's that's um, that's been missed mm-hmm. in in the overall scheme of we can't go out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the game the game does have um, these characters and 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 these bull, these Bulls teams, you know, the the first three peak team. Um, just as a final 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 aside, and, and I'm pretty sure that they will get this. Uh, they'll discuss this in the show, which. Mm-hmm. Which Bulls three-peat? I'm asking this to both of you. Which Bulls three-peat, which team and the Bulls three-peat um, was better and why? Oh, you go, easy. RJ. That's, that's a tough question, man. Come on, RJ. You go first. Well, if you speak... Well, number one, you look at their record. So you would have to go with the 72 and 10 record Bulls. Um, yeah. yeah. They had... I think had more versatility um, with Rodman in there and their bench. Um, that's personally that's personally me anyway. Um, but the seventy-two and ten Bulls, without a doubt, are the better three-peat than the first three-peat that happened. Mm. Um, I just felt like there were more um, the players that were surrounded by Jordan and Pippen uh, are more in tune. Um, I believe that. Um, they were better um, cohesive as a team um, and yeah so I just believe they got more 
more Arsenal, slightly more Arsenal than the first three peak. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I, I, I want to agree with that, but then also I want to put some comments on the first three P team because the game back in the early '90s with the '92-'93 team with BJ Armstrong and all that. That was a tough year, bro. Like, that was a tough era of ball because everything was physical. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, we just talked about the Pistons era, the 89-90 era and whatever, but fouls weren't bloody soft back then, bro. Nah. You know, you get hacked, you get hacked. You know what I mean? And you, you had to be someone like Rodman to be tossed out. You know, and that was <laughs> later on. That was like mid to late 90s. So, but no, that's a tough team, man. But uh, I do love that 95, 96 team. Is that what you're referring to? Okay, that one? Or 97, 98 team? Oh, the, no, the 90, 96 team? Yeah, 95, 96 team, yeah. But okay, um, I'll, br- I'll, break, I'll break Dex's question down. Tougher, the first 3P team, but better in terms of play and wins and percentages that would have to be the second 3P team. Mm, yeah. And that's more of yeah. uh, the game evolving as well, is it not? And the that's play right. evolving. Because um, in that second mm. run, um, the, the finals opposition was Sonics up first and, and the athleticism of Sean Kemp and Gary Payton in mm. that team. And then you had the more traditional um, uh, jazz teams um, following that in the jazz uh, the victories over the jazz in the next two years to to seal the three p um, mm. and and even then you know Malone was more athletic than uh, the the players that oh, you'd probably have to say that Malone was more athletic than Barkley uh, who worthy um, if we're talking about the first the the power forwards in the first three p that um, that True. had to face against. Um, True, but it's it's just a just an interesting, um, interesting thought on it. Um, before we wrap up, gents, uh, any final no. thoughts? What was there anything that uh, caught you by surprise in episodes three and four? Um, anything else that uh, really really brought a smile to your face? Yeah, yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, I love the fact that um, Phil Jackson was, you know, episode four and sort of that's where we're leading to now. Really excited about what episode five is going to look like because knowing that that was Phil Jackson's background with the whole American Indian and having that um, uh, family discipline and, you know, and embedding a whole togetherness culture for the Bulls team. I think that was really good to see. And yeah, it's exciting to, to know that that's the, the, the foundations of the, the, the Bulls team, man. And um, it makes sense now. It makes sense on why they win, you know, the first three-peat and the second three-peat. And now, you know, you see the two differences as well. And, yeah, really, really excited to see what episode five is going to be about. Sure. Jay? What was just really interesting about the philosophies um, that Phil applied uh, to his team? Um, you know, things like, um, you know, doing like i said like doing the yoga thing and then his background with you know the whole american indian thing uh his mm. parents being both minister, ministers in church uh shows that you know it really was a he had a really strong disciplined background which you could tell he applied to his team um mm. and you can tell that with his team like, except for Rodman, that's a whole different thing altogether <laughs> you know that 
Um, but the thing that was, got me laughing was the whole thing with Carmen Electra and the details that got that got um, yeah. from that and what they did uh, <laughs> around the bull facilities and whatnot. I just thought, oh, you don't expect anything less from this guy. So I was really... The worm. That's why they called him the worm. Dirty man. But yeah, that, that was my take on it. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, the whole, you know, episode three and four for me, uh, I, I really liked uh, Rodman's tribute to Pips when he dyed 33s in his hair. I thought that was, uh, that oh, was, yeah. pretty, that yeah. was pretty cool of him to do. And, uh, you know, um, and the one thing that stuck to me was just a question, and, and this I think this is an evolving question, is, you know, after, it's been, what, 20 plus, 20 plus years since um, the Bulls won their, their final three-peat championship. Um, and it's only just coming out now that, Jordan's agreed to have a sit down and, and talk about the experiences. And in saying that also, you know, they brought Pips back to have a chat and they had Horace on the show uh, on mm. episode three as well. So, um, yeah, that was really good. I was to me, really it's, good. It's, it's, it's that question just inside of me is just burning, um, mm. telling the story now and, and, and its impact on, on the modern day fans. Because um, I, I, I'm hopeful that it's not just a big ego trip um, about not being forgotten. Because, I mean, players like Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, these are players that no one will forget um, and will be chronicled in history. So, uh, I mean, that, that's the, the, the main takeaway for me. And, and just, uh, look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future episodes coming up too. So, uh, sure. thank you very it, much, gents. Uh, I've enjoyed the catch up. It's I know it's been a while for for us three to to have a you know be in the same space and have a yeah, chat, man. have a yarn, and I'm sure the yeah, listeners there have picked up on the banter and the the long history <laughs> between our rival schools and 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 how um, those uh, that holy family on the basketball court, which was only Sack rare. boys for life. Represent Sack boys up life. 2000. Let's go. Uh, thanks again, gents. Uh, uh, for everyone there, um, looking forward to catching you on future episodes. We are the Shooters Roll podcast made by fans for the fans. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and catch our latest episodes on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay safe. Peace.